You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Happy 152nd birthday, Canada. Canadians in every corner of the country are celebrating with pride today. You're looking at a live shot of Canada Place where our Sophie Louie and Yvonne Schell are for the big party tonight and we'll check in with them just a little bit later. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. There is a lot to celebrate, of course, but also starting today, there are some cringeworthy cost increases you should know about. You'll have to dig a little deeper for parking, transit and gas. Paul Johnson has a rundown of how much more you'll be paying and why. Thought you might take the bus to save some money. Well, starting today, you'll save a little less riding transit. And other options will cost you more as well. I just, I loaded my monthly pass and I'm like, oh, they increased it again. Bus and SkyTrain fares went up 5 to 10 cents a trip Monday. Day passes up 25 cents. And monthly passes are now two to three bucks more. Unfortunately, I work with a lot of refugees here in Vancouver, and I know that that would be a big burden to a lot of newcomers in town. Now, if you drive mostly, it's still going to hit you. The motor fuel tax inside TransLink's boundaries went up another cent and a half a liter. And TransLink's parking tax will add another 15 cents per hour to parking stalls. Most any way you slice it, TransLink's got a way to get more from you. Unfortunately for taxpayers, it's a big kick in the wallet. Chris Sims from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation isn't convinced TransLink is doing enough to watch its loonies and dimes. Pointing out total compensation for CEO Kevin Desmond is well north of $400,000 a year. More than the Prime Minister gets. Why is the head of a regional bus board making more in salary than the head of a G7 nation? But TransLink has other expensive projects as well. SkyTrain extensions to Langley and UBC are in the planning stages. And growth means more ridership in general. For pinched consumers, though, tax and fare bumps on Canada Day lead to a certain view of the country's future. We're not getting any wage increases like we used to, and everything, keeps, everything just keeps getting higher and higher. Paul Johnson, Global News. Hard to argue with that point of view. Keith Baldry joins us now live from Victoria. And Keith, everyone already grumbles about high gas <laughs> prices. Uh, now they're even higher. There is an investigation into why they're so high, yep. but that's not going to be looking into the role that provincial taxes play. Exactly, Chris. A lot of people might be unaware of the fact that BC Utilities Commission was, commi was asked by the BC NDP government back in May to figure out why is the price of gas what it is. Uh, very interesting uh, riddle to solve, but a couple things are taken off the table. They won't be able to take an entirely clean look under the trunk. It's exactly what makes up the price of gas. But again, here's a reminder what the BC Utilities Commission is looking at. They will have uh, the power to subpoena oil and gas company officials. And that's something we haven't seen for quite a long time. Those officials can be compelled to testify potentially at the public hearings that have been scheduled for July 17th and 19th in Vancouver. Uh, we'll get you a location when we get one. But again, uh, taxes and government policy are not to be examined. The Utilities Commission was told this is a no-go zone. So forget about the fact that 35 cents of the liter of gas is attributable to taxes. That's not on the table. August 30th is the time the Utilities Commission has to re uh, file its uh, final report. So not a lot of time left to figure out uh, this, uh, to solve this riddle. Uh, but folks, if you're 
you're interested to put your own two cents in here, and you can talk about taxes if you want. The Utilities Commission just won't look at it, but you've got until August 8th to make your submission to the BC Utilities Commission. You can do it in writing on their website. Just go to bcuc.com, fill out uh, the form there, and uh, again, send your two cents in. Not sure what impact it's going to have and whether this will cause the price of gas to go down. Have a kind of a feeling, Chris, it's mm -hmm. not going to have an impact on the price at the end of the day. Maybe not. Okay, uh, Keith, and we'll talk a little bit more about Canada Day out in Victoria later on in the program. Happy Canada Day to you. Uh, let's check out the party at Canada Place right now. That's the largest Canada Day celebration outside of Ottawa, and that's where we find Sophie Louie. Uh, so lots of fun down there for the whole family. It sure is, Chris. It's been going on since this morning. Uh, maybe people will want to save on gas by taking transit or walking down here or biking down here. Uh, whatever the case, though, we have thousands of people here. You can see them all behind me. Give a wave, everyone. We're on the news hour. A lot of these folks have been here all day. They've been coming up and saying hi. Uh, there are food trucks here, uh, lots of sort of booths here set up, and of course the main stage where there are bands who've been playing all day and will be until the end of the news hour tonight. Delhi to Dublin is on the stage right now. And of course the fireworks tonight at about 10.30, so expect a big crowd down here at Canada Place for that. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more with Delhi to Dublin, the band on stage right now. We'll bring that to you a little bit later on the news hour. Plus, uh, you and I, Chris, had the privilege of emceeing the citizenship ceremony this morning, and we'll meet a family who just immigrated here from uh, India, and they'll tell us about their journey. But of course, as you mentioned, Yvonne Shell is down here as well, and it's been such a beautiful day, Yvonne, for everyone celebrating our nation's birthday. Yeah, Soph, it's fantastic. We're just on the corner of Canada Place in Burrard, and the crowd behind me also fantastic. The views are spectacular. It's been sunny through the day today. We've had a bit of cloud cover roll in, but it is going to still remain dry as we approach fireworks. That'll be kicking off here at Canada Place at 10.30 this evening. If you're planning on coming down, give yourself plenty of time. Based on the crowds that we are seeing down here, it'll continue to be very busy uh, through the evening, but it is going to remain dry and temperatures for the fireworks will be sitting closer to 19 degrees. Your full forecast is coming up very shortly. All right, thanks very much Yvonne and Yvonne will have more about those fireworks coming up a little bit later tonight on the news hour and we'll continue to celebrate Canada's 152nd birthday, Chris. I will throw it back to you in the studio for now. Oh, though. I wish I was down there with you. Uh, looks like a lot of fun and it was <laughs> a great start to the day doing that citizenship ceremony, wasn't it? So cool talk about that later as well. Good stuff. Enjoy it down there. Now to some breaking news. Emergency crews are on scene of a fatal crash in Langley. This single vehicle crash happened near Armstrong and River Road. Two people were in the vehicle. One of them ended up trapped beneath the vehicle. That person was pronounced dead at the scene. The second person is in critical condition. RCMP say roads will be closed in that area for the foreseeable future. So keep that in mind if you're heading that way. No word yet on what caused the crash. And a scary scene in Surrey. Fire crews battling intense flames when a townhouse complex caught fire. Julia Foy is at the scene for us. And Julia, some tense moments there for sure. Well, Chris, we believe at least a dozen people are out of a home tonight, including a family with two small children who were living at the second unit. What we know so far is that a fire broke out in the garage around 10 o'clock this morning. It spread very, very quickly. And the fire chief says they threw everything they could at this fire to try and get it under control. 
but it was a very scary situation for residents of this fourplex. This is what some of the witnesses had to say. I was on my way to the gym, walking to my car. I heard screaming, so I came running over just to see what was going on. I thought maybe somebody was fighting. But there was a man trying to break into the garage to, because um, the, the, I guess there was a fire started. And then um, we were like running, knocking on the door, trying to see if there's anybody there, because there was a lady screaming, and her husband was still inside. So she was standing over here with her kids, and um, finally the guy, he ended up coming out. The male guy had broken um, the glass with his hand and was like bleeding and stuff, and then, uh, then the police and the firemen showed up. Now the good news is, is that no one was seriously hurt. One person from inside the suite was taken to hospital for smoke inhalation. Another man did have a burn on his arm. But at this point, everyone's out of their home tonight. Police are on scene until they can determine that this was not a suspicious fire. At this point, they have no reason to say it was, but they still don't know the cause. Back to you, Chris. All right, Julia, thank you. In Burnaby, friends have been visiting a memorial for a cyclist killed this weekend in a hit and run. It happened Saturday afternoon on Gillardy Way, and tonight we're learning more about the man who lost his life. Romina Dea has the story. A small roadside memorial has been started at the scene where 53-year-old Charles Masala, an engineer and father of two young children, died on Saturday. Close friends are too devastated to go on camera, but they tell Global News Masala's death is a loss to the planet. Friends say Masala touched many lives and he leaves behind a legacy. Masala, an experienced cyclist, was heavily involved with Duan Cozy Hope, a charity in Zambia where his family originates from. Friends say Masala believed in educating the future and he was building infrastructure that will live for generations. Masala was on his bike riding up Gallardi Way towards SFU when he was struck Saturday afternoon. The driver took off. Witnesses say a black Jeep Cherokee fled the scene. Burnaby RCMP say a suspect vehicle was stopped a short time later near the SFU campus. There was significant damage. We don't know if anyone is in custody or if police will be recommending any charges. RCMP did not get back to us by airtime. Romina Dea, Global News. Well, the North Shore is known for world-class mountain bike trails. They include sections with obstacles that aren't for the faint of heart. But one particular challenge could soon be dismantled, and riders are choked. Why they say it's a ridiculous move in just over a minute. Where does the name Canada come from? A, from the Inuit word meaning country. B, from the French word meaning joining. C, from the Métis word meaning rivers. Or D, from Kanata, the Iran Iroquois word for village. I'm going to take a wild guess and say the first one, A. A, I'm going to guess A. Sure, let's go with A. It is D from <laughs> Kanata. <laughs> My God told me is A. Close, it's from Kanata. I'm wrong. No, I'm not like it. <laughs> Maybe D. That's correct. Yeah, you did really well. I was in Canada only two months, but I like this country. And I think in the future, Kazakhstan and Canada will have good relationship. Thank you. Right now, though, North Shore mountain bikers are up in arms tonight over a recommendation that the district of North Vancouver tear down some of the obstacles on a popular trail. 
As Jill Bennett reports, the controversial report follows a court decision in Ontario. This teeter-totter has been part of the extensive North Shore mountain bike trail system for more than 30 years. No one here thinks it's the most dangerous part of the ride. Compared to some of the features higher up, like this is much lower risk. But a staff report at North Vancouver District recommends removing all the teeter-totters from the trails because of liability concerns. They were raised after a 2016 court ruling in Ontario found a county liable after a man was left quadriplegic after a similar stunt at a bike park. In the past, it was sort of use at your own risk, and the decision in Ontario put some of the risk on the, on the landowner, in this case the municipality. We have to make sure that, that risks are known, and in some cases that risks are reduced. Matthew Bond is an avid mountain biker and also a North Van District councillor. He doesn't want the features removed. It seems uh, strange to focus on this type of voluntary risk when there's so many involuntary risks that are out in, out in our communities that really should be addressed. The North Shore Mountain Bike Association maintains the trails and is also fighting to keep them the way they are. Well, these are features of historical significance. Uh, you know, they really change this, the sport of mountain biking globally. But as well, you know, local riders aspire to ride these features. They're great enjoyment to people young and old. The deadline to remove the structures is unclear at this point, but word about their imminent demise is traveling fast. Now that they're, you know, taking it out and changing, the, changing one of the most iconic uh, trails of the North Shore, I felt like I, I had to do it before they kind of, in my mind, kind of wrecked it. There was also a petition with more than 1,000 signatures asking the teeter-totters remain where they are. These types of features have been emulated around the world, so it's really important to the community and to the mountain biking community across the world that these features stay. Jill Bennett, Global News. A happy ending for three hikers who were lost for more than 24 hours north of Kelowna. Central Okanagan Search and Rescue was called out early this morning after the hikers got lost on a forestry road and then went into the bush looking for their dog that had run off. Search and Rescue dispatched ground and ATV teams and had air support from the RCMP. Using a cell phone ping they got just before the hiker's phone died, they managed to find them in some dense, swampy terrain. Despite having no supplies, they were all in pretty good health. A spectacular flyby with lots of blue sky for the snowbirds in Ottawa. It's the nation's biggest Canada Day celebration. Governor General Julie Payette arriving by kayak. And Prime Minister Justin Trudeau telling the crowd, Canada did not happen by accident and it won't continue without effort and hard work. And here in B.C., an annual Canada Day tradition in Victoria, the creation of a living flag at the legislature. 1,650 people wearing red shirts, 890 wearing white shirts, and all given a number and a place to stand. The moment captured by time-lapse camera. The goal is to create the largest living flag in Canada for the third year running. No confirmation on it yet. And how about this? North Vancouver's Canada Day Parade featured the official unveiling of the fully refurbished streetcar number 153. The car was part of North Van's streetcar system from 1912 to 1946 before ending up as a chicken coop after the system was dismantled. Now reclaimed and fully restored, the car will live in the lobby of the new Museum of North Vancouver. Now a group rallying to keep the RCMP in Surrey took their campaign to the masses at the Canada Day celebration in Cloverdale today. 
while the city of Surrey has been less than keen on their participation, citing keeping the events free of politics. As Grace Key reports, the group figured out a way to get its message out. If you want to call the police, you can call anybody you like. Determined to get into the Canada Day celebrations in Cloverdale. They're uh, refusing to let us bring our signs onto the site. The group against a municipal police force is undeterred when security tells them they can't bring their signs in. So yeah, we're just going to clarify again because the sign is... No, we're going through, sorry. We're going through. Ivan Scott coordinates a campaign called Keep the RCMP in Surrey. Refusing to hand over their signs, they walk past security and start gathering signatures for their petition. With the greatest of pleasure you can sign my petition. Scott was denied a booth at the Canada Day celebration. The city saying the event focuses on family activities. Adding the city of Surrey currently does not include any booths with political messaging or canvassing of event attendees on site. Scott doesn't agree with that stand. Would you like to sign up? Petition, ma'am? Very nice of you, thank you. You know, if you're a peaceful organization with, with good aims and you have a, a support that you think is a support base, sure, it's a, something else that uh, you should be looking at on a day like Canada Day. They're not going to say anything to you. No. Already to them. At one point, councillors Jack Hundile with the Mayor's Safe Surrey Coalition and Brenda Locke, who recently left the party, assured Scott security and staff would back off. It's gonna go well. Thank you. Yeah, I think so. Scott, whose son is an RCMP member, has gathered more than 4,000 signatures, while an online petition has another 7,000. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Grace Key, Global News. Freedom of expression is what we're all about here in Canada. We'll check back in with Sophie, who's down at Canada Place tonight. And Sophie, we both had a chance this morning to be part of something very special down there today. Yeah, it's one of the best parts of the day for both you, I know, and myself, Chris. It's the citizenship ceremony. It's the chance to welcome 60 new citizens to this amazing country that uh, you and I were, be, were blessed to be, have been born in. Uh, you and I did have the privilege of emceeing that citizenship ceremony this morning. And earlier today, I had a chance to talk to three of our newest Canadians, the Chakraborty family from India, Rajesh, Ranu, and Devraj. Tell me what it was like when you um, said the oath and crossed the stage and how you were feeling at that time. First of all, we were in the front of the stage. That's like amazing. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be. People are like cheering and just clapping and everybody was so happy. You know, the faces are so happy. Children and the music, everything is so amazing. Like the whole thing was brilliant. I loved it. It was a proud moment. It was really nice to see the like the people uh, at the front, our Minister of Defense and uh, the Commodore. I, I really loved his outfit. You are now Canadian citizens. Did you know much about Canada before you chose it? Not really, not too much. I just knew that the Canada is a place where I can do animation. And when I came here, I decided, I mean, I, I figured out this is the best uh, decision I've made because the people are so polite, you know, that that's the first thing you notice. I came from very little village, so I never uh, thought, never dreamed that kind of things, thanks to my husband. Yeah, I, I knew that if, <laughs> if I don't, I mean, if I tell her, then I have to answer her a lot of questions. So <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> Well, I've always wanted to go outside a country and have a vacation, but then I never imagined I'm going to actually go and stay there. So it was like, whoa, um, 
Yeah, sure, of course, I'll go. It's a beautiful place. It's a very clean. It's nature is uh, nature is very beautiful. <laughs> what are your favorite parts about Canada? Uh, the people. Uh, that, that's a, that's my, like my dad said. That's the first thing you notice, and the the weather, the the country itself, really. Happy, Happy Canada Day. <laughs> Well, welcome to all the new Canadians sworn in today. And uh, as I mentioned, Chris and I were born here, so we didn't get to take the oath of citizenship on becoming new Canadians as, as those folks did today. But it was so nice, Chris, uh, for us to be able to raise our right hand and swear the oath of citizenship with that group today. It's such an emotional um, ceremony and, and so pleased to have been a part of it. I know you were too, Chris. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it's something that everybody should put on the list because it's a public open ceremony too, right? Anybody can go and watch it and participate. So great fun this morning. Thanks very much, Sophie. We'll uh, check back in with you a little bit later on. All right, with the long weekend winding down, a lot of people are in a hurry to get home. And for some BC Ferries employees, it's a situation they dread. Catherine Urquhart reports that ferry workers are going public with some pretty shocking stories of abuse endured at the hands of angry travelers. Marcel Desjardins is happy to spend a day in his garden. It's a good mental health break for the BC Ferries employee who has been diagnosed with PTSD. I've lost basically nine months of my life. As a supervisor, Desjardins says he deals with daily abuse from customers, which has escalated in recent years. Uh, the verbal abuse that gets uh, thrown at us, name-calling, uh, threats of violence. Last summer at the Horseshoe Bay Terminal, someone threatened to stab him. Basically, he had threatened to stab me because I wouldn't let him on the ferry. And uh, we had to phone the authorities and it took pepper spray and three West Vancouver police to subdue him. The BC Ferry and Marine Workers Union says the employer isn't doing enough to protect its staff. I think uh, BC Ferries is, is, is more concerned about the experience and the uh, branding of BC Ferries as opposed to the workers' safety. The union has launched an information campaign with digital billboards at terminals, and they've produced this video. Wait, what do you mean I'm not getting on this ferry? Who do you think you are? BC Ferries says it's in the process of posting messaging at terminals. The signs read in part, respect everyone, and... Abusive conduct may result in denial of service. I think they should be listening more to their employees. I think they should be engaging their employees more. And I really feel that the upper management in BC Ferries should be spending the time on these terminals on long weekends with the employees to witness firsthand what's happening. For Desjardins and other unionized workers, safety now an urgent issue one that could be key at the bargaining table when the union's contract expires in 15 months. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. That is the moment Hong Kong police move in on demonstrators after they smash their way into the main government building, scrawling graffiti on the walls and trashing the debating chamber. The unprecedented demonstrations occur on the anniversary of the former British colony's return to China. Yes, July 1st is a big deal over there, too. But protesters are angry with Hong Kong's appointed leader for not fully withdrawing controversial extradition legislation. 
tonight, mayhem in Hong Kong. Riot police firing tear gas, scattering thousands of protesters. They had stormed the main government building, demanding the end of a law tightening China's grip on the city. This isn't just a Hong Kong crisis. This is the biggest popular challenge to China's President Xi since he came to power seven years ago. Before the violence, hundreds of thousands marched peacefully today. The fourth mass protest against China's hand-picked leader here. They want her fired. Yeah, rarely seen a protest like that. It's very sad to see. And China is shaken, blaming foreign agitators for the trouble. Already challenged from the outside on trade by the US and now from within by its own people. Talk about extreme weather in an unlikely place. Believe it or not, this truck is plowing through hail. And this is in Mexico. A freak storm dumped nearly two meters of hail on Guadalajara, shutting down parts of the city. The hail partially buried vehicles, pushed others off the road, and blanketed the city with ice. The city was overwhelmed and had to call in the military to help clean up and get traffic moving. In Health Matters tonight, a warning for grandparents when their grandchildren come to visit. A survey has found that grandparents are not doing enough to protect their grandchildren from their prescription medication. The survey found more than 80% don't change their medication storage when grandchildren visit. Grandparents leave their medication in cupboards, on countertops, and inside purses, or in unlocked medicine cabinets. Nearly a third use containers other than what the medicine came in, including easy-to-open containers, and it puts grandchildren at risk. A trampoline in the middle of the road, and that's just the beginning of the adventure. The rest coming up right after the forecast. We'll get there in a moment, but right now let's check back in with Sophie, who's down at the Canada Day celebrations at Canada Place. So fun day down there for everybody. Absolutely, Chris. You couldn't have asked for a more beautiful day. And you know what? It, we're seeing a few clouds right now, but it's still beautiful out here. Yvonne Shell is going to preview uh, the fireworks tonight, and hopefully it'll stay dry, Yvonne. Yes, it will stay dry around fireworks time. Temperatures will be sitting at 19 degrees, so be prepared. And to talk more about the fireworks and what we can anticipate if you're planning on heading down, Jillian Bensky from the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority joins me now. Tell us if you want to view the fireworks, where are some of the spots that we can see them across the city tonight? There are actually a ton of places you can see them. Down here at Canada Place, of course, but then there's Crab Park, Harbour Green Park, all the way around to Stanley Park at the 9 o'clock gun, you can see them. And then we have another barge in Dunderave showing the exact same show in West Vancouver. And it's very busy down here. What's the best piece of advice for people who are planning on coming down to the fireworks? I would say take transit and leave yourself lots of time and just be patient, stay in a great mood. Remember, you're here to celebrate Canada. And you can still get tickets if you wanted to view the fireworks from the seating area. That's correct. We have a viewing zone on the West Promenade of Canada Place. You can go to TicketsTonight.com. There are still some tickets available. And that's a really great place to get away from the crowds and the all-important easy access to washrooms. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to it. Things are going to kick off at 10.30, so thank you so much for your time. And let's take a look at that all-important forecast. It's been fantastic through the day today. We have seen a bit more cloud cover that is rolling in this evening, but it should remain dry. A look at the tower cam, and we can see a beautiful shot overlooking English Bay. Temperatures have bumped 
jumped up to 24 as the high today, and we're currently sitting at 24 with a southerly wind at 9 kilometers per hour. It's areas away from the water with the Humidex. It's been feeling closer to 28 and 29, and areas in the interior today. Asoya is one of the warmer spots uh, into the low 30s. Now, we still do have some active weather. The severe thunderstorm watch has ended, and that's across uh, the Bulkley Valley and the lake. So it has just ended, but we are still looking at a few lightning strikes that are popping up. We could still see very gusty winds and the potential to see hail and heavy downpours. Now, we are going to watch that cloud cover rolling in late this evening. It's really by the midnight hour onwards that we could see that chance of showers, and that takes us in towards tomorrow. Heads up, it'll be much cooler tomorrow. Temperatures back into the low 20s for most areas, and unsettled for the morning hours, breaks for the afternoon, so we'll be back into some sunshine. It's just a quick blip in the forecast. The northern half tomorrow, 18 as the high. Inland for areas near Prince George, sunny with a high of 24 degrees. The southern half, the southeastern corners is where we're looking at the risk of a thunderstorm. And across the south coast, we are going to see that morning cloud cover, a chance of showers that'll break up for the afternoon. Fireworks at 10.30 here at Canada Place. Temperature sitting at 19 with the, a few clouds out there. And then it's on our Wednesday. It'll rebound for our forecast. A few clouds in the mix, but fantastic for Canada Day. So. for the fireworks tonight. Uh, you can see the main stage behind me and maybe you hear a little bit of Delhi to Dublin. They're the headlining band here at Canada Place. I had a chance to speak with them a little bit earlier this afternoon, Chris, and we will uh, run that for you coming up tonight on the News Hour. Back to you. Look forward to that. Give everyone a wave down there for us. So we'll talk to you a little bit later. Caught on video in Fargo, North Dakota, an unusual road hazard, a windstorm sends a family's trampoline down a suburban road, sparks flying as the legs scrape the asphalt. At least two cars were damaged. Luckily, there are no reports of any injuries, and it is a reminder to make sure you secure yours to the ground if you happen to have a trampoline. Here's Squire with sports. False reminder not to live in Fargo. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you have a trampoline. Hey, um, so the Canucks, well, they picked up two defensemen today in free agents. I guess three, uh, but two main ones. And the main of the main ones was the guy they really wanted. Myers. Myers to the line. Fires scores. He is six feet eight. He leaves the Jets to become the big blue liner in Vancouver. Also, later, from Delhi to Dublin, you heard Soph mention it, and everywhere in between, Canadians are celebrating what makes this country great. A good safety tip. That is true. Okay. You always want to keep things fresh, and that's why we have Squire doing the sports. Okay, so, it is true that when you don't change, things start to smell. Last year, the Canucks didn't change their main defensemen, and collectively, there were times when they stunk. So this season, they have made a change. Uh, for one, of course, Quinn Hughes will be here all year, and there will also be two new veterans on the blue line, Jordy Ben and Tyler Myers, guys who both have BC roots. Does this mean the Canucks as a team will be better? Hard to say, but at least the blue line will be different. He's literally the biggest signing in Canucks history. All six feet, eight inches of Tyler Myers. Jim Benning delivering on his promise to add a top six defenseman to his roster. Myers receiving a five-year, $30 million contract. And yes, 
Benning's expecting big things on the blue line from the former Kelowna Rockets D-man. On the loose puck, the Meyer scores! I just felt like it's a great fit for our group going forward because, you know, he can play today's style game because of his skating, and he's six foot eight. So um, we've seen in the playoffs, you know, St. Louis won the cup, and you know, with some big defensemen that can skate and move the puck. And I think Tyler's that piece, a piece to the puzzle for us going forward. Myers fits the bill on Jim Benning's vision of the Canucks becoming bigger and faster. He's a top four pairing guy thanks to his ability to quickly move the puck up the ice and jump into the offense. In Winnipeg, he logged just under 21 and a half minutes a game. In today's NHL, those are solid minutes. And Myers will continue to gobble them up here in Vancouver. As a bigger guy, uh, you know, I think we get labeled that we don't move as well as the smaller guys. But, um, you know, I pride myself on being a guy that can, that can move well. You know, one of the things that, you know, our defensemen maybe didn't shoot the puck from the point and didn't create, you know, rebounds and tippins and stuff. And Tyler's got a good shot. He can add to that to our group. There's no question the Canucks made their blue line stronger. Victoria's Jordy Ben took a pass on re-signing in Montreal to ink a two-year deal worth a total of $4 million here in Vancouver, his signing likely meaning the end of the line for Ben Hutton. You know, going into free agency, our goal was is to improve our defense, and I feel real strongly that we are able to do that. Well, the Canucks now have $8.7 million left underneath the salary cap, and Brock Besser is going to need most of that money to re-sign with Vancouver. The Canucks could actually end up being one of the highest spending teams in the league this season, believe it or not. But they will need a lot more cap room in the coming years because not very long from now, the likes of Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko will need new contracts. We're aware that, you know, in a couple years, we're going to, you know, if these players continue to, you know, go forward from where they're at now that they're going to get paid so um, if you look at our, our contract structure on our players like we have a lot of contracts coming off the books and so that won't be a problem free agency today they always talk about teams let's talk about players Artemi Panarin highest paid winger in the league now goes to the New York Rangers and his old buddy Sergei Bobrovsky going to Florida and Matt Duchesne going to Nashville. All those guys that Columbus had, gone. Those top three. And Joe Pavelski, now a Dallas star. Anders Lee say where he was. Okay, so Montreal gave free agent forward Sebastian Ajo of Carolina an offer sheet today that will pay him almost $8.5 over five years. But because he is a restricted free agent, the Hurricanes have a week to match the offer, and they likely will. But if they said, no, we're not going to match, then the Habs would have to give the Hurricanes a first, a second, and a third-round draft choice. This kind of thing rarely happens, but it is within the NHL rules. And the Leafs made a trade this afternoon. They acquired defenseman Tyson Berry and forward Alex Kerfoot from Colorado for forward Nazem Kadri and defenseman Kelly Rosen. Barry was a guy the Canucks were very interested in, but obviously they could not make the deal for him. The Whitecaps, speaking of all these signings, the Whitecaps are trying to sign someone as well. It's defender Ali Adnan, who was on loan to them from Udinese of the Italian Serie A League. The uh, Whitecaps are in talks with Udinese to transfer Adnan to them. It looks good right now, but nothing is signed yet. Adnan has been their best player so far this season, and he's only 25, so the Whitecaps would love to get his rights. Uh, I am thinking we will find out sometime this week if it happens or if it doesn't happen.
There's former Seattle Seahawk, John Ryan, Regina Boy, now playing for the Rough Riders. I'm gonna show you this touchdown by Kyron Moore for Saskatchewan against Toronto. This was in the first quarter. They are still in the second quarter because they've been in a rain delay, a weather delay for almost an hour in Saskatchewan. It's 25-0 right now in the second for the Rough Riders over the Argos. Wimbledon, it's Felix Auger, Aliassime against Vancouver's Vosik Pospisil, the all-Canadian matchup, first-round action. And Pospisil played pretty well in the first set. He hadn't played in eight months, and he won it. Yeah, well watched. 7-5. Now it's 1-1, third set. Felix. Starting to move like a cat, if you understand the reference I just made. <laughs> uh, anyway, Felix Auger, Aliassime will win this. In four sets, seven, make that five, seven, six, two, six, four, six, three. So he moves on to the second round. We're going to have Canadians, Milos Ronic against uh, Prashnish Gunaswaran of India. Yeah, straight set win for Ronic in this one. This is sad. News, Los Angeles Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs was found dead in his hotel room just hours before a game scheduled with the Texas Rangers. Police don't believe foul play was involved. They also don't think he took his own life. However, they aren't saying how he died. Skaggs was only 27 years old. There you go. Yeah, no kidding. All right, thanks very much. We're going to take a short break and be back with more from Canada Day at Canada Place coming up in a moment. Where does Canada rank in the world's largest countries? A, first, B, second, C, third, or D, fourth? Oh, I'm gonna say second. We're second after Russia. Second. Perfect, you got it all. I think B. You think right, that's awesome, good job. Third. Second. Third is actually the United States. Darn it, really? We're second, and Russia is actually number one. Yeah, that's awesome. Happy Canada Day. Bye. We'll check in one last time with Sophie and Yvonne down at Canada Place for Canada Day. Sophie, live music is a big part of it, and, and I know you had a chance to speak to some of the performers down there. We did. There have been some great bands on the main stage. Delhi to Dublin just wrapped up. That's why the crowds are a little bit bigger behind me. Yvonne, uh, Canada Day down here, your impressions? Fantastic. The crowds have been great. Everyone that's been here. And the forecast has been excellent. Yeah, the very good forecasting, by the way. We'll get a final forecast from you in just a couple of minutes. But yes, Delhi to Dublin wrapped up their set now, but earlier we had a chance to chat with them. So tell me about your Canada Day experience. This was sort of like a, a breakthrough for Delhi to Dublin Canada Day. How many years ago now? That's true. I think it was back in 2007. Yeah. We played for 150,000 folks uh, on Canada Day on Parliament Hill for Will and Kate as well. They were standing, sitting right next to us when we were performing. They shake their hands oh, and everything. So yeah, it's it, it has been a big thing for us. It's been a big opportunity. Playing for that number of people is uh, kind of mind-blowing. So when I said, you know, Delhi to Dublin is sort of epitomizes the meaning of being Canadian. Does that is that something you hear about? You know, you it just seems like that's the ultimate Canadian experience. Yeah, I feel, especially here on the West Coast, um, if you look around and you see the diversity that's happening, you know, Delhi to Dublin fits right in. And our parents are all immigrants. We, you know, we're the story of 
a, a band has come together from different backgrounds and performing on like mainstream stages across Canada. Like it's a pretty crazy story. And and you guys have been playing, um, you know, a lot outside Canada since you first started years ago. You're doing a lot of worldwide. Uh, performances. Does it change your perspective on Canada at all to be doing all of that traveling? I mean, yeah, definitely. I think anyone travels, you learn. You learn about yourself, you learn about the world, and you become, you just get a better understanding. And, and I think, hey, you know, the more places we've seen, the more I'm so stoked to say that I'm here. This is my home. I'm Canadian. I am so fortunate and so lucky, and I've seen some great places, and I'm still stoked. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty lucky, hey? Yeah. We're so lucky. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. Great guys, and we, you know, we weren't able to get to the front of the stage, but they sounded great down here, and the crowd seemed to love them too. Okay, we've got more coming up tonight. The fireworks at 10:30. Weather? It's going to be dry. A few clouds are going to roll in, and temperatures will be sitting at 19. So be prepared. It might be a little bit cooler, especially if you're by the water. But Mother Nature really delivered for Canada. Today. She did, because she's making the change for tomorrow, so she held off just for today. <laughs> she must be Canadian, right? <laughs> I think so. Sorry I you guys couldn't come out and play with us down here, guys, next year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sophie, great work down there. Thanks very much. Thanks to the crowds who showed up to give us a wave as well. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Thanks very much for watching. Have a great night.